So, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cadurance Talks, uh, the podcast where we talk about all things technology, software development, and craftsmanship. I am Jose. I'll be your host in this episode today. Uh, you can find me online at Jota Huerta and Twitter on LinkedIn also. Today, we have a very special episode because we'll be talking about machine learning and AI. And it's a it's a very hot topic at the moment, um, not only because we, we've gone from, uh, you know, machines that are able to, to play League of Legends at almost professional level to just suggesting what you will buy next on Amazon to uh, writing papers on unicorns in Peru. Right, um, so that's a big jump. It also requires a bit of a paradigm shift uh, when it comes to implementing these solutions. And I'm very glad today we have Ricardo Volpado to to talk uh, and have a conversation with us today about this topic. Uh, for those of you who don't know him, Ricardo is a data scientist and software engineer. Uh, he specializes in building tools based on machine learning and natural language processing and holds a master's of science in decision science from the London School of Economics. He also previously founded Pigeon Line, uh, a startup that uses privacy-focused and human-centered technology to solve problems of governments and businesses, for which he received uh, an Entrepreneur of the Year Award in 2018. Um, currently, he designs uh, and develops machine learning solutions for Satalia Industries uh, in sectors like the government, logistics, retail, and uh, he's here today uh, to talk to us about machine learning. So how are you doing, Ricardo? How's it going? I'm, I'm great. Thank you for having me, Jose. It's, uh, it's a great pleasure. And these are like very fascinating and interesting topics. So uh, it's always a pleasure and a lot of fun to talk about them. Okay, let's uh, let's dig into the the subject then, because you know machine learning and AI, it's 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 a huge topic, right? It's it's, it's a whole branch of, of computer science, right? So let's let's start at the beginning. So people use machine learning, AI, AI, and and big data and all these things. Like they they tend to use these terms a lot of the time exchangeably. Like they they don't really know what they mean so could you give a brief intro to to what uh, this topic is and you know what are some of the yeah. differences between yeah sure so the way i see it is like ai tends to be more like the grand goal or like the vision um and it started back in like the 50s with with, with marvin minsky and so forth and where where there was nothing of machine learning there was a lot of like expert system and they, uh, the the attempt was try to codify intelligence because right. our understanding was of intelligence was very different. It thought to be very much knowledge driven. And then machine learning came in in the, in the 80s and in the 90s, more of like the method rather than the goal. And by machine learning, people tend to tend to think more of things like supervised learning and reinforcement learning, which are specific techniques that are very focused on the learning bit. So I think of machine learning as the how and AI is basically the what, the, the goal. And um, Daniel, which is like Satalia's founder, talks about AI. And his definition is that AI, or his definition of intelligence is essentially goal-directed adaptive behavior, which is, um, it, it's, it's again like, like a what, like an aspiration. And then in computer science, there have been different waves of 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 uh, of way to do it, and and machine learning is the latest and the greatest that uh, okay. that's so, definitely so performed. 
to to say in other words is is more like AI is about you know actually getting intelligence. Uh, no, that very close to what humans have today, right? Or, or but but from a more artificial kind of thing. Like that's that's the 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 end goal of what we're trying to achieve. Whereas machine learning is more about you know some techniques or, or specifics on how to achieve that in certain contexts, more or less. No. Yeah, at Idea. least that's that's the way I think about it. Uh, probably other people think about it differently, but <laughs> because no, I, they're very fun. difficult words. Yeah, yeah. It, they're very much philosophical, right? Like, yeah. what what is intelligence, right? Like, that's that's the kind of thing that that you can get, you know, the the kind of rabbit hole that you can go through pretty quickly in in that sense. But what is what is different um, between you know tackling implementation with something like machine learning to uh, other enterprise solutions that you you may be you know, implementing it at your job or something like that, right? So what what is what makes it um, that, you know, like have a, a complete different branch kind of uh, computer science? Yeah, so machine learning starts shifting many things because essentially um, um, the way it went, or at least the way I see it happen is that we wanted to computers get get better and better and doing more and more things and we were like okay we want to expand the broad the, the range of tasks that we want computers to be able to solve and they're starting to we, we started looking to tasks where it becomes extremely hard and extremely complicated and and it hurts your mind in trying to specify everything that 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 you want the computer to process and to do you're like if if in this situation output this behavior if it's in that situation makes this consideration so what you do instead in machine learning is you just say okay this is this is my goal this is what i want you to do um this is my input for this input give me that behavior for that input give me this other behavior and i don't really care the details of how that happens as long as um the behavior I see is correct and is what I want. And so uh, this brings all sorts of different challenges that say traditional um, traditional development, where it becomes much harder to, to evaluate the performance of something. Uh, it becomes much harder to, to interpret and make sense that um, whatever end-to-end system you have developed is is correct and will 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 continue being correct under different circumstances and under different scenarios. And we saw that with with COVID nineteen too, right? Many models and many many forecasting models yeah. like broke from broke overnight because uh, the the data completely changed. All right. So so it, it's also I guess the complexity is also coming from. Not only uh, it's difficult to evaluate, but it's also when you're building one of these things, right? How do you get the data, right? Like the or the uh, the correct um, examples, let's say, in order to to let's say train one of these algorithms and and stuff like that. Because when you're working with something simple, like you know. Getting some numbers, or you know, something that can even even something uh, like um, writing, right? You can get the sample sets of uh, different uh, writing styles now for numbers, for letters, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you can use that to sort of feed it into the algorithm. But 
when you go into some of the applications that that uh, we're seeing right with AI, is definitely not as simple to know you know when a solution is. Uh, is not only correct, but also generating enough examples and stuff like that, right? So that that's also a challenge. So it's not just the coding part, right? It's also how how you build what's behind the code, right? And, and the inputs that you give it, no? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think often that's also, um, at least in industry and in very applied tasks, that's also where a lot of the magic hides. Um, because um, the maybe from from an outside perspective, the traditional conception of data is kind of like these big tables where I have my columns. Okay, this is like I counted the number of times this happens, and I have a precise number. But but a very exciting dimension of machine learning for me is how creative we are getting with with what's actually the input data. The fact that we are training. Um, natural language models with like mm, quarters or like huge portions of the web and it's entirely unstructured data or or computer vision and where you're like you leverage a lot of the of the input data um, basically it's just all the pictures that you can find um, but also in in my work i think the step where we think about the data and what is that we want to actually give to the algorithm it's it it can really you know give you a lot of bangs for your bucks when you're when, when you're developing because you can think about transforming a set of features and a set of um, simpler element into a graph and you start having also relational relational dynamics and apply all kind of different algorithms or you can you can create you create you can create much more features and and enrich your problem uh, you reach the complexity too but I think data engineering is is uh, sometimes less sexy but it has a um, huge return on the yeah massive the, impact the right on yeah yeah and also the 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 fact that it may not be a single thing but a, a series of things right like if if you think of you know the behavior of someone that's going through um, a, a shopping website right it's not just one individual thing that they do it's a whole you know set of behaviors or a stream of of data that that you also may want to uh, put into the algorithm. Right, and that that already makes it um, a, a pretty interesting problem itself, right? So yeah, that's that's good. That's good. So um, uh, so moving then to um, the 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 applications of this thing, and and what are some of the challenges that we are uh, finding right now with with this kind of approach, right? You, we were talking about data, right? We were talking about training, um, but also uh, there, there is a bit of a, you know, how do you make something so explicit that when you don't, in, in some cases, you don't even know what it is that you're looking for, right? Like, like uh, I, I was looking at some, when we were preparing for the interview, I was looking at some of the videos and, you know, like how do you describe, right? Um, what a backflip looks like, right? And then how do you train an algorithm to like tell you when when he's seen one, right? So yeah. I, I'm guessing that that's that's one uh, of those things. What, what other what other areas do you see? Yeah, so I think um, surprisingly, machine learning in machine learning, both in research and in and in and in in industry, you end up spending a lot of time on the ends. Which is kind of like because you're you're focusing less on 
kind of like what's happening in the middle, you are you're focusing, as we said, on the data, and then you're um, you're focusing on 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 the success, which is also a, a very hard component, which boils down into specification and generalization. And specification is um, a often in 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 um, an industry often comes at the beginning of projects where you're 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 spending many months in trying to you know define success metrics and define um, um, define business criteria as well, and then distilling them into some some math or some code, and um, it's it's easier to to get them wrong. And we spend a lot of time in it. Also, also uh, project manager as well. We know as humans how hard it is to specify complex problems. So distilling them down from the business environment all the way to 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 an algorithm to to the loss function of an algorithm. Like many things can go wrong in that process. Um, and then the other part in which success um, often becomes is also generalization, which is like. Um, you try to summarize. You try to compress so much your objectives and 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 your your performance that then you um, you you you're not sure whether it can apply to different circumstances and different scenarios, um, which is kind so of the, like the other the other side of the coin. Yeah. So when you talk about generalization, are you talking about uh, uh, algorithms that would still perform? Uh, in a very, very different context. Something like, you know, you can get an AI to write a paper, but you can, uh, so a machine learning thing like the GPT or whatever that the name was, um, to write a paper, but you can also use it to, you know, um, have it perform some of the tasks that, that in principle is pretty different from what you were saying. Is that what you mean by generalization? Um, that's more like general abilities. Which I think okay. we're, we're we're still far from. GPT three is probably like one of the few examples that is showcasing that. I think by generalization, I mean more like um, we train this algorithm for many months to predict, um, let's say, um, customer arrivals, and then suddenly, uh, as I said, suddenly it's locked down. So oh. all the all the all the arrivals goes to zero. So it's the same task. But the, the context has changed. And most of machine learning algorithms today fails when they do that. Uh, there's a great example that, uh, that, that um, we use at Satalia, which is basically like if you do um, a simple linear regression, which is like the, the ancestor of machine learning, where you just have an input and, and a success metric, which is like my input is my data. My success metric is just predict well a result and you maybe predict something like ice cream sales in the given the temperature and you're like it gets hotter and hotter and your sales increase and your sales increase and you start you 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 increase your production or you produce more and more and more and then suddenly one day is the hottest day on earth and your model tells you like produce so much um you're going to become a millionaire today but but actually what happens is that so hot that no one goes out right <laughs> and so you you wasted all your money on that day. So generalization is still within the same task, but basically being flexible and understanding that conditions have changed. And and I mean that data has a lot to do with that because if you didn't, if that was not part of you know if those were not 
considered as part of the the input set when you were uh, training or, or creating the thing, right? It's it's pretty hard um, to to adapt to something that you haven't seen before, right? Is there is there anything uh, today that can uh, is there any work that is being done in that area? Like I'm guessing training the the training aspect of it, like having a constant input, let's say. Or, or uh, uh, let's say the, the algorithm constantly be adapting itself. Is that is that a thing? Yeah, I think like that's one of the open areas of research, and that's like mm, maybe something we would call AI because it's like it sounds intelligent, it looks intelligent, um, something that can adapt to such changing circumstances. Can learn, let's say, right? And there is there is ongoing work. There are things like meta learning which is basically is trying to learn a learner for different scenarios and for different circumstances. Um, there is also, this is more theoretical, but there's also interesting work um, around the idea of understanding abstractions. So um, maybe I like the algorithm would try to firm, form representations, not imposed by the humans, but like a representation of high level context, con- concepts. And then it maybe will see that the, the distribution of the input data changed drastically. It would find a way to relate that to some high-level concept, like okay, the shops are just closed, and and it can could understand that. Um, yeah, there is also transfer learning, which is maybe what gives GPT three its uh, perceived superpower. And transfer learning is the idea that. You look at a lot of different contexts, and then you try to transfer learnings uh, from from one environment to another. So maybe you have learned that when um, when ice cream when when the sun is too hot, no one goes to buy ice cream. And you can probably also learn that maybe when uh, the coefficient factor of a certain of a certain disease is too high, also no one goes to buy ice cream. <laughs> It reminds me a little bit of the, uh, what was it called? That Google thing where you could actually look at different trends, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like Nicolas Cage movies and the amount of people who commit, you know, suicide or something, right? And yeah. you, you were actually seeing some, some correlation, but definitely no causality, you know? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's definitely something that, that could happen. It, it I can also see this opening to lots of different problems right because um the way let's say that you define your your loss function or, or your, your your context of what success means for the algorithm um especially because of the the how hard it is to to specify some of these things can lend itself to the algorithm finding ways to cheat no so so it's it's also a fine line there. I know that you probably have some pretty good examples on, on that. Yeah. I think this is like this this is something I find extremely fascinating because I think it's a very encompassing problem that, that touches on a lot of things of our society and a lot of values as well. Like my, my sense and the way I see it is that like as complexity increases more and more in any system, the 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 harder it is to control the detail, the worse consequences you can get from uh, unintended consequences and um, I mean I think we have even like uh, real life examples like many people for example talk about how they 
are a bit annoyed and frustrated at the at the recommendations of some of some um, search engines like maybe Facebook feed or or YouTube recommendations. And that's that's like it's not easy. It's not difficult to think that you have a success metric which you're specifying, which is basically getting people to click more and more and more and more and more. But you can have the unintended consequences that at some point people get addicted and don't click because they're happy. They click because they just can't help doing it. And in the same way, with very powerful machine learning algorithms, you could imagine that you specify a goal, uh, but then um, because the underlying system is too complex, uh, you you don't know how the goal is achieved, and it might turn out that actually you don't like how the goal is achieved. And there are there are some very funny examples that um, I'm, I'm happy to provide links, and there are some links on my Twitter of of this happening in research labs where it's less harmful, but things were like, there's a famous um, a race where they where they train an agent to, to drive a boat um, in, in a game. I think it's a, it's a I don't know which, if it's an Atari game. Uh, I think it's an Atari game, but I'm not sure. And the, the goal of the agent is to win the game, but at the same time, it gets some some bonus point. You know how in races you, you can pick up things on the way and that gives you a little bit more. And at some point, the agent finds a way to basically keep going in circles and hitting the boat and, and, and destroying it against a wall to just keep very quickly getting some of those perks and it, and it, and it reaches like a, like a huge score that was never seen in this game. Or uh, even trickier things, there was some people were like, okay, this is tricky. Let's say we, 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 we then try to get a human's to say, okay, whether this is good or not. And that's kind of the next stage. But even in those circumstances, um, which I'm happy to elaborate and explain a bit more how they work, even in those circumstances, sometimes you see agents becoming tricky. Like there was this example where uh, I think at OpenAI, they were trying to train the simulation of a robotic hand to pick up a ball. And the agent would just look at the video and say, okay, this is working or not. And what the agent ended up doing in the end, it was is it, um, its end was between the human and the ball, and it would just yeah. pretend it was picking up. Yeah, the ball. yeah, I, I, and I so it I fooled the human completely. It <laughs> yeah, was like yeah. mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, and I think I, I also saw saw another one where they uh, hook it up to uh, I think it was Super Mario, one of these, and and the uh, the algorithm ended up finding a bug in the code that would actually allow it to like change the score right mm-hmm. or, or something like that so it it definitely uh goes into very hackish behavior right like you may not even be thinking about it right so um i guess starting with you know having a score be the thing that drives the the uh, the, the performance no um, it, it definitely raises lots of ethical questions around that, right? Whether whether, achieve, whether that's the only metric that matters, kind of thing, right? So, so yeah, definitely a, uh, something to look for. Um, but there's also a, 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 the the matter of biases, no? And and how you know if you don't know what is happening inside, and you're not can be one hundred percent sure that you know you've explore all of the context you know how do you know if you're introducing biases into the algorithm itself with the data that you're that you're putting in 
right? Or uh, things like this. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I I 100% agree. I mean, um, so the way I see, like, bias are probably impossible to not introduce. Um, and we all have them. Algorithms have them. Um, because they are also, um, I mean, neural networks, for example, even have them mathematically. They have a concept called bias, where you have right, like yeah. a, a prior belief or, or like a constant factor that you constantly use to skew your data. Uh, so you, you do need and you do want maybe even bias. The problem is when you have biases, then that you don't know what they are, how they work and what they're doing. And it's just the mirror phenomena of what I said before, then when you have too much complexity, then you may be achieving your goal, but you may be achieving your goal in the wrong way. And if the way you are achieving very high accuracy score on your image classification data set is by having one type of people in your data. <laughs> then, yeah. then, yes, you're no wonder someone gets classified as, you know. <laughs> but but like, it sounds, it doesn't sound intelligent. It sounds more like uh, gamifying your 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 task rather than solving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and some of these things you definitely don't um, uh, don't plan for, let's say, or they're not intended. But I can see people uh, using these um, uh, to to exploit certain uh, systems, right? Like uh, I don't know, I can think of prices and and things like that, right? Based on the uh, on the information provided. Um, so there's definitely a, a a via of exploration there, or or a way to subvert the, the something that was not intended intended originally to perform in that way, no, and, and sort of exploit. Uh, yeah. So um, what else? What else? Like the, I, it was interesting because it's being there's certainly things of we thought were not uh, that close, right? Uh, when I, I remember when I was looking for this, you know, the the latest stuff at, uh, some time ago was, you know, oh, we have a computer that can play a, a chess master and, uh, and, and you know, outperform him and, and stuff like that. And to, to some extent, they're, uh, they're now taking on and on more complex stuff, like, you know, Playing League of Legends or or things that are you know to human requires so many areas you know not just it, there's not like a set strategy or there's so many things happening at the same time and being able to handle those things real time and and outperform uh, a human is is something that today is is quite possible right so uh, what are some of the other areas where uh, where you've seen this happen right like what are the, those tasks that uh, to some extent, uh, we're not thought of that, you know, now machine learning is, is definitely taking over. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the two big elephants in the room are like vision and language. Mm -hmm. uh, vision and language are, have definitely done like um, incredible um, leaps forward and uh, they're not stopping, which is also the, the other impressive things like, Vision is 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 getting into video, and now you have like 
AI understanding physics from videos and like reproducing the motion of elements or, or like um, um, detecting human, human feelings from the way they walk. There is this growing things that is like in parallel on face recognition that is called like gait analysis, where you're like, you classify a person from the way they walk. And it's, they, they are, some governments are adopting it because they say it's less invasive. So video and, and, and image is like, it's nonstop. It's growing massively. And the same for language, right? GPT-3 is just uh, one of the famous ones, but there are so many language models coming out every day, every week, bigger and bigger, you, faster and faster. Could you talk about GPT-3 uh, for a moment for, for uh, people mm -hmm. who are not familiar with, with what it is? Yeah. So... Mm, breakthroughs in, in language processing and machine learning started like three or, or, or four years ago um, with something with the idea of language models and transfer learning. So language model is just a very simple task where you train a normally a neural network or a machine learning model given a sentence to predict the next word. So if I'm saying, if I'm going to say uh, this, I give you, I'm going to say, and then this, and you, you learn, you learn that relationship. Um, like, like those, uh, you know, Twitter chain kind of like, you know, the, the first few, you know, continue this phrase with the first few uh, words that come up in, in the um, auto uh, correct thing on your Twitter or, yeah, or something yeah. like that, right? Like it's similar to that, but, you know, I give you a phrase, you come up with the rest and, you know, how far along you get there. Uh, making sense, right? Because it's, if it doesn't make sense, you're able to catch that up pretty quickly, no? So yeah. yeah, yeah. And the catch in this process was that they trained it on a huge amount of data, and also the size of the models that they were used grew and have been growing by orders of magnitude every year. So the first models were in, in I think, like billions of sorry millions of neurons and then you got onto hundreds of millions and then uh, a couple of years ago we were like few billions i think gpt2 was like maybe two or three billions and then a year ago microsoft releases um their their turing related language model which is like 17 billions and then a few weeks ago you get gpt3 which is like 175 billions So you have this this massive growth of of um, faster than Moore's law of of neural network size, and what happened with that is that basically you get a model that has so much capacity, so much um, so much free variables to basically start forming. Like people think it has a high level understanding of human language, it's hard to point the finger and says yes, it does. But it's certainly very fluent. These models are very fluent. They produce text that is very co coherent, um, but it sometimes doesn't make any sense. Like it, it, you, it, it feels very delusive. It feels very manipulated sometimes because it, it, it's written very well and it's mm -hmm. kind of like to the point, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, but at the same time, then you can do some, some transfer learning and some fine tuning. So you take a model that has just some understand, general understanding of language, Then you fine tune it with some example and you say, okay, this is spam or not spam, or this is a positive sentiment sentence or a negative sentiment sentence. And on those, you know, very precise pre-labeled tasks, then this model ends up performing very well. And the more parameters you get, the higher state of the art performance 
these models constantly achieved. Yeah, so that's one of the things that I found. So definitely the amount of data that you fit into it and, and you know, the, the complexity of, of the thing itself is is a big factor. Because if I, re, if I recall correctly on the GPT-2, uh, basically it was not a, a, a breakthrough other than, you know, oh, we fed this <laughs> data, right? Like this mm-hmm. huge amount, this huge, and that already um, performed pretty well on on a lot of the data sets, right? That that uh, that they were going for. If you, on top of that, fine tune it, you can get very very good results than if you you know than if you start just with the fine tuning data set, right? And then try to evolve it or train it from there. So that's that's one uh, the one part of that. Um, then. On the other side, on the um, you know, the, the, not just the volume, but having all of this different inputs, uh, I'm guessing that that also makes a big, big difference, right? Like some of the things, if if I correctly, um, you know, like you need a lot of, of processing power in order to be able to do this stuff, right? Like, yeah, that's uh, not not an easy thing to accomplish there. Yeah, you need the, you need a huge huge amount of compute. Um, maybe I want to your previous question on the exciting areas. Maybe two that I think are worth adding. Um, one that I find exciting is also forecasting, and the ability of models to kind of like predict future trends and predict um, time series analysis is is the technical term. Uh, machine learning is is becoming better and better at this. Um, and the other one, which I think is is related with it, is is uh, the application within science. So basically, science for science. Um, and these two trends are related with the fact that the more we study complex phenomena, the more we try to model complex system, the harder it is to pick up a couple of good equations. And and this is this applies to like physics, um, economics, um, material science, uh, protein folding. Like you have, you have the sciences and, and forecasting is similar because you're also trying to model phenomena, real world phenomena. So you have, you have, you have humans trying to model more and more complex phenomena. And then at, at some point they were like, Hey, I'm going to give up trying to making sense of them and distill them into an equation. I'm going to throw a bunch of free variables at it and just model it quite sophisticatedly. Uh, but I think these two fields, one of the reasons I find them interesting is because um, it's not obvious that more compute and more data will solve, uh, will will like give us very, very good performances in these two applications, um, mm-hmm. as well as it's becoming obvious for vision and language. And whether in, in, in these more, you know, system-related applications, you may need more um, research and algorithmic breakthrough, like understanding causality, um, specifying your your objectives better, um, um, and these kind of things that we that we combine that we talked about, like also higher level abstractions and human concepts and reasonings. For for language and and vision, it almost seems like you don't need any of this. Just throw it more data, throw it more compute, and and there are many you know, leaders and, and founding fathers of the AI field, like right, Richard Sutton, that believes uh, that you can probably solve anything or most of things with uh, more data and more compute. Uh, but for these other more, you know, 
system related and more complex and reasoning related fields, I'm, I, I, I can't have as strong as intuition as the founding fathers, but I'm very curious to see if more data and more compute will solve them as well, or we will need, uh, you know, some, some breakthroughs. Uh, there is also a, a, a variant there where to solve certain, like you think of something like autonomous cars, right? And you probably guess that there's no one single, uh, you know, algorithm working there, right? Like you have a lot of stuff working at the same time and sort of like probably, um, you know, you have uh, algorithms that work best in, in certain contexts, right? And, and you're sort of like trying to, uh, have them outperform each other, right? Is there anything uh, that is not, let's say, a combination of algorithms? Like there's something more uh, generic uh, purpose, let's say, at the moment. Is that uh, is that something that you know looks like you know could be possible in the near future? Um. I mean, I think you're right. When you when it comes down to real world application, you you want to start combining many things. But also because often real world applications are themselves the combinations of many tasks. So if you think about driving, like driving is not a task. When you drive, you're like you're braking, you're steering, you're detecting people, you are. Um, detecting other cars, you're paying attention to the road signals, you're maybe even trying to predict what people and other cars will do. And for all these different tasks, you can have different components. So um, in practice, generally, you have a bunch of combined things and you probably want to, you spend a lot of time searching which component is best for which part and assembling them together. A big part of, 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 of the applied side of the field is, is assembling and curating, combining these components. But um, definitely when you look at single tasks, things like deep learning and deep reinforcement learning, um, for single task, it seemed like in the last 10 years showed orders of magnitude better performance than, 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 than pre-existing model and i think it's also helped a lot uh, you know the there the now things like tensorflow etc that that sort of became you know uh, public domain you now and and is a lot more uh, accessible i would say right so mm -hmm. so from that point of view that evolution of of that those areas is is a lot easier because now you know there's certain um stuff that you get your hands on and 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 play with it and, and try out new things, et cetera, that maybe before it was sort of like only confined to, you know, um, specific parts of academia or maybe it was proprietary, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking IBM, that kind of stuff, right? Um, so definitely uh, that probably has had a, a, a big impact no? in, in pushing everything forward, right? The, the more of a... Uh, the more open uh, that knowledge is, right? The, the easier it is for people to to well contribute, no? Uh, yeah, and apply also, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 these frameworks are are you're right. They have they have helped a lot, um, both researchers from like maybe less um, less capital um, intensive institutions from from minor university as well as people like people applying. Um, the frameworks are extremely useful, um, even just to to play around and understand uh, these these technologies and to get a better sense of them. 
and you you pretty quickly see when when you pick them up how 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 difficult they are to debug and to understand that you can put together things and maybe you can get them to work if you follow the tutorials or like if you um if you pay a lot of attention of doing things carefully and well but then like when something breaks um it's really it takes like a, a lot of time to understand what has actually break and how you how you can um how you can bring things back on track like um my debugging skills and way of thinking transferred from from software engineering into debugging um deep learning code or 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 um, reinforcement learning code doesn't work you just need to try to think in a different way yeah cuz cuz what uh what one of these algorithms can come up with may not make sense right from from a human's perspective i think one of the examples i was uh that i was looking at when researching is like uh there was this uh, computer playing go right and they and it was making a move that everyone in the audience was like what what is he doing right like what what is this right like this is not it doesn't make sense and it turned out to be you know a winning move basically it, it, it's is the thing that uh, basically allow it to dominate in, in the game, basically, right? So there's also this part about, you know, it doesn't, because of how it works, it doesn't have to make sense what it's doing, right? So it's yeah. not that easy to see, right? Yeah, um, it's a tricky business, right? Because you want something that does something that you don't know how to do, because it's, it's like much but then harder. you wanted to do it the way that you <laughs> yes you wanted to do it correctly so it's 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 it's, it's super tricky yeah okay so uh now moving now into uh, a little bit the, like the end so if if what would your recommendation be to someone who's like trying to uh dip their toes in in this field like what are the what resources or or uh, you know books or, or um, materials would you recommend to someone who's you know wanting to try out some of this stuff and may maybe may not have like a, a big uh, academic background or, or mm -hmm. something that would help? Them. Um, do you have any on those? Yeah, so I think the first is probably, and this applies to many things in the internet age. Like my advice is for people to not have the ambition of understanding everything or like uh, go and really pick something and be okay with it. Don't, don't bother with like information overload and like it can feel overwhelming the amount of things that are out there and especially the amount of things of, of about AI and machine learning that someone is thinking, Oh, what is this? What is that? My main advice would be like, there is so much out there that there is probably something that, that hinges on your interests. So start from something that that you find interesting and fascinating, or questions that you have. Like um, maybe it's about vision or about views, subtitles. Maybe it's about language, and and like, or maybe it's about you know complex system, or maybe it's about human behavior. And if you go, there are probably resources and and people that have thought and people that are trying to use machine learning to solve that problem. And obviously, you do need to look a little bit at the fundamentals too. There is a bunch of resources for that and great things. Um, one that I like very much is Fast.ai, which is um, it's a 
it's trying to make deep learning uncool again <laughs> by, by teaching it to people. And they also have this philosophy. They try to give you good fundamentals and enough overview so that you can focus on turning these technologies to a problem that interests you. So I, my advice is go look for those, like either Fast.ai or um, some other tutorials that are, that Google's ones are great as well, that gives you some, some basics and some fundamentals, but also try to um, have some kind of pet interest and, and, and specific thing in mind that you want to go and get. And, and maybe even early on, try to look a little bit into what people are doing in that, like blog posts or uh, um, anything, videos around that topic. And then um, kind of like from there, work backwards on which fundamentals are required for that, because some things may require more deep learning, some things may require more natural language processing, some things may require more, more reinforcement learning. So um, backward chaining a little bit from your interest can also help in simplifying the things you want to look at. And, um, but yeah, there, there are so many interesting things. You, even if you have interest in like ethics and philosophy and, and, and values, like, as we said, this kind of technology is touching on all of these because it's, is can be so complex and, and encompassing that even if you have more philosophical interest, like rest assured that there is enough. <laughs> There's enough for everyone. No? <laughs> yeah, no, and 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 that's a very good uh, point. Like um, tying it up to your motivation and something that you really care about is definitely a, a great way to to drive that. You know, to dig into whatever challenge is in front of you, right? Like, because um, in the end, you, it, the quicker you can get. Uh, you know certain results and see your progression and how you're applying it. Uh, that definitely helps to fit in the the motivation, right? Into into dig deeper, right? Um, all right, that's uh, that's great. I'm I'm afraid we don't have a lot more time, but uh, but very happy uh, to have you here whenever you want, uh, Ricardo. Uh, it's it's been a, a pleasure uh, discussing this topic with you. Um, and I definitely hope to see you soon yeah yeah uh, and, likewise uh, it was a pleasure glad i'm glad and uh thank you very much i i um definitely look forward to to having you again in the podcast uh for those that uh you know they're listening um this this is the end for the episode today remember uh you know uh, links in the description we'll put a lot of stuff there you know resources and some of the things that we, we've uh, mentioning uh, during the podcast uh you can find uh ricardo not only on his blog you'll you'll find the link in the description but also on twitter uh rick volpe yeah if i mm -hmm. if i'm saying that right and um see you all again in the next uh in the next episode of yeah. stocks bye bye, -bye.